Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, Senior Web Editor here at CI. You know, there's this dreaded term that integrators hear quite often from their corporate clients, white noise. Of course, there's much more value in a sound masking system than what that term suggests. In fact, there are many misconceptions about sound masking floating around out there, so we thought we'd clear those up. On today's episode of AV Plus, David Smith of Lencore breaks down the three misconceptions he finds many in IT have about sound masking and the information that integrators can use to sell the actual value these systems pose to modern offices. And since there's not much to report in AV News this week, we'll get to that conversation right now. So today I'm happy to be joined uh, by David Smith of Lencore. Uh, Hello again. This is not your first time here on the show. Happy to have you back. Uh, glad to be back. Excited to, uh, to continue the conversation. Uh, so, so, Dave, I was hoping you'd expand on something that I've been hearing from end users and their integrators a lot lately. Uh, they're talking a lot about the eeriness of the office right now as employees are slowly beginning to like matriculate back to the office. Uh, but in most situations, it's not at full capacity yet. So, you know, we're used to sound masking being used to cut down on noise in the spaces that are more fully occupied, but can that same technology help make hybrid workspaces sound, you know, quote unquote, busier? Uh, absolutely. And I think, I think eeriness is, is, a, is a great word that, you know, describes the uh, ambiance that, you know, a lot of employees are going to be walking into as, as we start returning to work um, as, as the, you know, uh, cases uh, of COVID begin to, to die down. And, you know, when you have a, a space that has a capacity for, say, 100 people and you only have an occupancy of 25, you know, or 50 percent of that workforce within that space, they're going to they're going to feel that eeriness. It's going to be awkward uh, in terms of, you know, the overall uh, comfort level uh, of the environment. And, you know, one of the things that sound masking does is it actually introduces noise into a space. And so, you know, there's a there's a perception that sound masking can, uh, can provide those types of environments by making it seem or, you know, quote unquote, feel busier uh, within that particular space, which really should be able to put, you know, most of those employees, you know, at, at ease um, as they return to, to the work environment. So, you know, the, the, the common misconception that's out there that, um, you know, sound masking makes a space quieter, um, you know, is really sort of, you know, misleading from the standpoint of, yes, it does help the environment become, you know, more productive. It really, you know, masks or covers that indirect speech, um, which creates a, you know, distraction um, uh, otherwise if that masking weren't there. Um, but really masking has the capability of, of increasing that level of comfort within the space. Um, and that's whether it's fully, fully occupied or, you know, as, as I just mentioned, um, you know, less than, less than that capacity. So masking really does become a significant solution um, for spaces that, that kind of feel that eeriness as, as employees return to work. Yeah, I also wanted to, you know, take this opportunity while I have you to ask you a bit about some of the, the common misconceptions that you hear about sound masking in general. Um, I think something that integrators hear a lot from their customers is you know, the dreaded phrase white noise. Uh, and we've published a lot about uh, what that means and, and what it doesn't mean. But, but Dave, how did this term rise to prominence and, and why should integrators work actively to prevent it from being, you know, that go-to descriptor of what sound masking is? 
Yeah, and listen, it's a it's a common layperson's term for sound masking. It's you know what we typically see you know Googled most um, you know on the uh, on the internet in terms of you know people looking for solutions to sound problems within their office environment. You know, white noise is a a fairly common uh, terminology that's that's used, and and we're not offended by it by any means, but uh, it's not entirely accurate. Um, there is some there is some truth to uh, the term from from a scientific standpoint that white noise tracks like white light. It's uh, certain levels of, of frequencies, um, you know, within that dynamic range, and uh, there are certain speech frequencies that can be masked or covered up with um, you know quote unquote white noise. Um, and really, if you if you think about what you know any sound masking company does, is they produce a digital signal. Right, which is trying to you know mimic you know different frequencies in, in order to you know cover up and mask indirect speech levels. So uh, so there is a component of actual white noise that's used within um, sound masking systems. The trouble with you know just using a purely white noise based system is that it's going to feel very harsh and scratchy and uncomfortable um, because it's it's all those sort of high frequencies um, that are out there, and you know they're they're the way to create a more comfortable sound, um, you know, is, is a couple of things. Uh, it starts with having a broader band, you know, range of frequencies. And so, you know, getting all the way from, you know, white down to you know, pink noise as well, and sort of blending those together. It's kind of like listening to music without a bass, right? That would be white noise. You got your, you got your treble sets going on, but it's kind of a kind of a uncomfortable sort of environment, but as soon as you introduce your lows or that bass noise, it, it really, you know, sort of smooths or evens out, you know, the overall comfort of that sound. And so, you know, a, a, a environment um, should be designed around a comfortable space, right? You, yes, you want to create speech privacy, but you can do that by really increasing your noise level uh, with any type of a device uh, above indirect speech uh, levels. But that's not going to necessarily guarantee you a comfortable environment. And so the quality of the sound and having that blend of white and pink noise within that range, um, it really, really kind of creates that comfort, comfortable level um, for, for the employee or the, or the occupant of that space. And then another misconception uh, that I've heard of seems to focus on where the actual system is placed. Uh, why is it that some sound masking systems actually shouldn't be placed in the conference room, for example, which is where we often hear of clients uh, suggesting they be put. Yeah, I think the misconception uh, around, you know, sound masking in an environment like that is, is just one of, of education, right? And so, you know, most clients feel that if they can hear the sound masking, it must be doing its job in creating speech privacy. But ultimately, what you want is for the masking to be where the ears are. Um, so again, what we're trying to do is raise that ambient background noise level just above indirect speech levels so that you're not distracted, you're not um, you know, sort of being pulled away and, and, and listening to the overall conversation. And, and that really starts with putting the masking where the, uh, where the ears are. And so if you think about a conference room, you don't want it in the conference room, you want it on the perimeter of the conference room. Uh, so those that are walking by aren't going to be, you know, listening into to the conversation that's going on within the conference room. Now, I, I will say that, you know, from a uniformity standpoint and, um, you know, really the best way to design a sound masking system is for it to not be noticeable. 
And so if you're walking in and out of sound masking, you're creating a different type of distraction within, you know, that environment. And so, you know, you, you sort of want to be able to walk through, you know, those thresholds and, and not, you know, feel the change in the environment, um, you know, audibly. And so, you know, we'll, we'll recommend putting sound masking in both the conference room and outside the conference room so that you have that uniformity. Um, you know, but if there are clients who are looking to particularly save on cost and don't want to put, you know, those additional speakers within that space, um, then the recommendation would be to make sure they're, they're on the outside of the perimeter of the conference room and not on the inside of that space. Um, and that goes for other environments. I'm just using conference rooms as, as a you know, particular example. Finally, I wanted to ask you about another phrase that gets kind of bandied about a lot. It's cone of silence. Uh, Dave, who, who's saying this term and is it an accurate one? It, it is an accurate one when it comes to sound masking. And, and again, I think it's, it, it, we won't point to one specific, you know, individual or category of people, but um, again, the, the misconception of sound masking is that it makes a space quieter. Um, and in effect, what we do is we make it feel like it's less intruding, right? Um, but, but in reality, we're not trying to put you in the library. We're trying to take you out of the library. And we use a library as an example because usually those environments are um, so void of, of noise and, uh, you know, sound absorption materials that, you know, you're distracted by, you know, the tap of a pen or, you know, the whisper of a conversation. And so what we really want to do is kind of take you from that library environment and put you in the coffee shop or at the beach where you have, you know, sort of these natural um, sound masking environment. So, you know, with a lot of conversation going on around you, um, you know, that ambient noise level is raised above and, and you can still get your heads down work. You can work on email, do PowerPoint or whatever the case might be in a coffee shop and you're not distracted necessarily by that conversation right next to you because of that ambient background noise level that's already higher, um, causing it to be less distracting. And, and you get sort of the same natural effect at the beach, right? The the rolling waves coming in and out, you know, helps, you know, create this calming environment um, where you know that there's activity or, um, you know, conversations at the beach. But again, it's a place that you feel that you can relax at um, because of sort of that natural effect of raising the ambient background noise level. And that's what sound masking does. So it's, we're not trying to create, you know, this, this cone of privacy or this cone of silence you know, over an individual. What we're trying to do is, is develop a more comfortable environment where people are less productive, or excuse me, less um, concerned about privacy um, and more concerned about, you know, being productive and, and getting their work done. As always, Dave, it's great to be speaking with you about the importance of audio. I, I still think it's a broadly underrated uh, portion of the, uh, of the moniker AV. Um, it really is about audio in, in many of these uh, these spaces and just as much as it's about video. So it's great to talk to you about it and sort of clear up some of these, uh, these misconceptions. Um, if integrators are interested in learning more about sound masking, I, I know Lencore is working on a series of webinars. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, one thing that I would certainly encourage uh, any integrator out there that's looking to partner uh, with Lencore is, you, you know, contact us, whether it's, uh, you know, through our website, whether it's directly through um, the phone and, uh, you know, sign up to be a part of our certified installer trainings, which, you know, in today's environment, you know, we, we've certainly embraced the concept of, you know, um, training, you know, virtually uh, at this point. And, and we've uh, developed that certified installer training 
uh, to a point where you can essentially sit through it, you know, uh, over the course of a, a few hours uh, within a day, learn about our systems, understand how they get installed, understand, you know, how they're applicable and, and how to best serve, you know, um, the integrator's client or the end user uh, with those particular systems. And so, you know, we're, we're really looking to partner with um, integrators out there who recognize this untapped you know, uh, industry and, you know, really kind of bolt on to their, their existing tool belt, you know, uh, with an additional revenue stream. So, uh, you know, again, whether it's through our website or whether it's directly through our, um, uh, our corporate headquarters, we'll put you in touch with the right person. We'll get, we'll get integrators signed up and, and a part of the partnership.